1: Hello and welcome back to Travel Talks. This is episode 29 and we've got something a little bit different for you today. You know that format that we've done four
2: episodes of? We've put it in the bin. <laughs> we've put it in the bin and we're scrapping it for one episode only. Who knows? People might like this more. They might say, you know what, this is better. I think
1: it's very relevant, isn't it?
2: Mm, exactly. We've got to put forward an idea which is really relevant at the time. And hopefully will be really useful for people.
1: So if you haven't already guessed what it is from the title of the podcast, what we're going to do is a 2021 UK Summer Destination tier list. Mm. Can I just say before we even get into this, the word tier has been completely <laughs> ruined by the UK government.
2: You can't move in 2021 and 2020 without seeing the word tier and it being associated. It's a horrible, negative thing. So we want to spread some light, put some positivity on the word, bring it back to the mainstream.
1: So what we're going to be doing instead of a head-to-head, instead of a hypothetical, is kind of looking at UK destinations and putting them in categories mm. of basically how we rate them. But before we get into that and how it's going to work, Alex, we need to talk about the last episode of this format that we had. We'll get into it in a minute because, again, it hasn't ended up very well for me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, what was the response like on social media?
2: Yeah, it was really good. It was the biggest response we've ever had from any of these posts that we've put out. It really, I suppose, split opinion, got people talking, and that's exactly what we want to do. So we asked people what their favourite travel TV show was. It was Race Across the World versus Travel Man, And it was, I'm going to say, a whitewash.
1: I still can't believe you chose Travelman. Crazy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clever, clever, clever.
2: It's 3-1, by the way, just uh, in case you need a reminder. Yeah,
1: maybe I didn't really think hard enough about my choice here.
2: Yeah, you've got to play the game, Saunders.
1: <laughs> I was confident. Like, I was confident it's a good show, but I mm. I forgot the obvious thing, which was that of course the listeners of this podcast who have listened to multiple episodes with people from race across the world on them were likely going to choose that as the option i mean it's a yeah. rookie error i don't know how <laughs> i didn't see it coming
2: yeah i kind of was quietly confident when i picked race across the world that it would be pretty popular with our audience and to be honest i was right because obviously we put out some social posts around this asked people for their opinions so tool paul h Jen from Race Across the World, Alex from Race Across the World. Oh, you
1: got not count them; they were in the show.
2: And there was a small minority of people Saunders who chose Travel Man.
1: What was the percentage split in the end? Because I haven't seen. I knew it was bad. I was watching mm. it as it was developing, and I was like, "This does not look good." Final
2: result: eighty-eight percent to Race Across the
1: World, oh. and twelve yeah, yeah. percent to Travel
2: Man. And also, another thing that we asked people Saunders last time was the travel into the past or the future.
1: We were split in the conversation. You know, yeah, we we both, we both kind of put our own you know, perspectives forwards. And it seems as if the Travel Talks listeners have had exactly the same finding. Mm. 56% past, 44% future. So pretty wow, level. That is,
2: that is close to be fair. That was a poll which got so many votes as well. So for it to be that tight is... Yeah, it's very, very close. But let's move us on to the main bulk of what today's episode is going to be. So let's just uh, set out some ground rules, Saunders, before we get into this. Make sure everyone knows the structure of this conversation and what we're allowed to do when it comes to categorising these places.
1: It's going to be highly controversial, let's be honest. (laughs) We're going to say some things that people aren't going to like. We're going to put destinations in tier lists, in categories that people aren't going to agree with. So if we set out some clear ground rules from the off, then we know we've just got to work to those rules and we'll do the best job we can. But how do you feel about this? Go on. 15 places and the rules being that there's five tiers that we can put them in, which will be titled the top tier, bucket list worthy. Nice. Second tier, highly recommended. Third tier, worth considering. Mm. Fourth tier, take it or leave it. And fifth tier, wouldn't recommend.
2: That's going to be tough to be fair. With the places that we've chosen to name something as wouldn't recommend, it seems quite strong. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it because we're going to be forced into a decision ultimately. We can't just whack everything in one category because we've set ourselves a parameter of a max four places per category. So there's going to be at least one in the bucket list worthy and there's going to be at least one in the wouldn't recommend category, which should make for quite a controversial list.
1: This is going to be really hard. And I think in order just to get through them and to to get some good opinions off, we should just go through all of our, our destinations, put them in whatever list we want, and then kind of look at how we finish the final list with the rules, you know, in consideration. The first thing I'm going to say is England's only surviving medieval lighthouse. Do I need to say more?
2: I'm going to make no bones about it. This place is one of my favourite places to visit in the whole of the UK.
1: You want to put it level with something like, as it stands, as Pembrokeshire. (sighs) I don't think it deserves to be there.
2: Do you want to kick us off? You've spoken about this place quite a lot on the podcast, and you're an advocate for it. It's somewhere I've never actually been, but somewhere I'm quite intrigued to go in the future, maybe even this year, and that is
1: Norfolk. It's a special place in my heart. I lived in there for a few years when I went to um, university in Norwich. And I do find myself every now and then sort of pining for it Mm, uh, as a place to go. And honestly, I think it's a really underrated destination in the UK. Okay. So that's why we're going to bring it in because, you know, it it should be worth considering, let's say. But we'll get to that in a little bit. A few highlights of Mm. of the Norfolk area. The Norfolk Broads. Yes. An amazing waterway set in the beautiful countryside. And there's, there's so many things you can pass if you take a little boat trip or... You hire a narrow boat and things like that. Picturesque towns, villages, kind of pubs set on the side of the water. Sounds amazing. It's even mentioned, actually, the Norfolk Broads are even mentioned in David Bowie's Life on Mars.
2: Yeah, I did know that, actually, to be fair.
1: It's a super fun day out to hire a boat and you can cruise down the Broads. And like I said, you can actually stay on boats as well. So it's a really interesting, different sort of um, UK destination getaway. But also the Norfolk coast has so much to offer. Mm. Great seaside towns, food, and some really pristine beaches. Some of these beaches, they're, they're not kind of next to a town, they're a little bit of a walk away. Mm. And as a result, they're like almost untouched. On the east coast of Norfolk, you've got areas like Galston, Great Yarmouth, Winterton, Horsey, uh, and and a few other places that I can't think about off the top of my head. But, and then on the north Norfolk, which is where I used to go quite mm. a lot when I was at university, you've got places like Cromer. Cromer mm. is an amazing, honestly, the best fish and chips I've had in my life were in Cromer. <laughs> If that's not a good enough reason <laughs> enough, then fair enough. And actually, Holcombe as well was voted a few years ago as the best beach in Britain. Wow. I love a fact. I love a fact. That's and quite that an is accurate, a pretty good one.
2: That's, yeah, that's a, that's a very, very decent fact. Because a lot of people who have been living in towns, maybe living in flats with not much outdoor space during lockdown, I feel we want to get out into, out into nature this summer and I imagine people will want to go to the best beach in England, maybe. Who knows?
1: I have to admit, though, before we kind of dissect this any further, that I am a little bit biased in this one based mm. on my connection to it. There is quite a strong caveat with Norfolk and that's that it's not the most accessible place in the world. Okay. The train lines there are pretty slow, especially if you're coming from London, the roads to the city especially. Um But I also kind of think that's what makes Norwich what it is. That's what keeps Mm. its kind of Norfolk vibe. Definitely worth the effort to visit. But if I'm already thinking ahead... In terms of 2021 summer destinations and considering the list that we've got to go through, mm. it's going to be hard to rate it too highly for now. Okay. So I want to put it into the worth considering category.
2: Well, it's not the most controversial start because that's exactly where I want to put it as well.
1: Okay, so this is good. We'll,
2: we'll, we've got a great start in terms of uh, agreeing and kicking off on the right foot. And the next one that I'm going to have to put forwards on this is Cornwall. Big one. A extremely popular destination for uk tourists and to be honest for good reason cornwall in terms of food culture has got so many elements to it in terms of fish and chips you've got clotted cream scones and of course cornish pasties and of course another attribute that it's got in its favor is land's end the most westernly point in the uk Mm -hmm. miles and miles of walks along the coast it's just a fantastic holiday destination and one that's just like I feel like you talk to anyone who lives in the south of England; they've got stories of going to Cornwall. Another one that stuck out to me when researching Cornwall is a place called Port Isaac. Have you seen the film Fisherman's Friends?
1: I haven't, though, no, but I am aware of where it's based. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that that is based in a kind of a sleepy little fishing village, very picturesque, and the basic concept of the film is a group of fishermen who sing sea, uh, sea shanties. That's where these fishermen are from, and you can still go there now. You can see fishermen. uh, bringing in their catch of the day it feels very very quaint and a a welcome escape from all the chaos that's gone on in the last year or so i would say cornwall for me people don't know what we've got coming up in the list so it might feel like a very harsh place to put cornwall at this stage but i'm gonna put it and i hope you'll let me do this alongside norfolk in worth considering
1: oh Okay, this is interesting because Cornwall is an amazing destination. It's pretty much, in terms of going away in the UK but feeling like you're somewhere else, mm. in terms of the weather and the beaches and that kind of like, you know, that the, the vibe that it offers... Cornwall really is like nowhere else in the UK. It's almost like its own place, isn't mm, it? Mm. When you're there, you really feel like you're on holiday, mm, not just going. That's true. Just, just, yeah, and especially like the 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 whole surf culture there as well. You can mm. feel like you're in California if you're going a good summer day. I, I'd actually put it in the highly recommended. Ah, okay. There's quite a lot of things to do there, and you know it's not just one place. You've got you know like the likes of Penzance, like Newquay, Falmouth, mm. Land's End, like you said. Just to spice things up, I'm going to put it in highly recommended.
2: Yeah, whack it in there for now, and I'll, I'll see. Because of course, I will have put something else in there that I want to bump down Cornwall.
1: Okay, so next up, we do have the Isle of Wight. Mm. I think this is a little bit of an outside choice, this one, because it's not the most obvious destination to go to when you think of UK like prime destinations. Yeah. The first thing I'm going to say is England's only surviving medieval lighthouse. Do I need to say more? <laughs>
2: Oh, brilliant fact.
1: That, of course, being the pepper pot or St. Catherine's Altar is it's called. It's basically a hexagonal tower
3: mm. that
1: dates all the way back to 1314. But that's not the only reason why you called <laughs> the Isle of Wight. Let's just make that very clear. Uh, what the Isle of Wight does offer is stunning cliffs and coastlines. There's these things they call the needles, which mm. are essentially like three sea stacks that are kind of about 30 meters out of the ground or out of the water rather. The beaches are great, idyllic in terms of nice, you know, yellow sand, really nice places to kind of relax and again, feel like you're on holiday. Mm. It's like you're in the UK, but if you're there on a sunny day and you're lying in the sand, you literally could be anywhere. You could be in Saint-Tropez.
2: Yeah. I like the idea that you have to get a boat to as well.
1: And I think that's that's why it's pretty underrated because the little extra effort it takes to get there. Mm. But then when you do have to get a ferry there, it does make it feel more like an event, more mm. like a holiday. Mm. You know, it's like you've traveled to get there. You haven't just hopped in your car at home and then got out the other side. And because of that, yeah, I'd say it's quite underrated. But having said that, a lot of the things that make the Isle of Wight interesting, other places in the UK can offer. Mm. Nice coastal areas, the food's very relatively the same. The weather, the climate doesn't change that much to the south of England in in Mm. kind of a good summer's day.
2: I know where I want to put it, and it could be controversial to some people.
1: Bombas, big comfort
0: for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: But I'm going to put it in take or leave it.
1: I'm putting it in the same one (laughs) we're too level-headed
2: on this we are we are we are uh. so we've agreed on two so far out of three which to be honest is quite an agreeable start which leads us nicely onto a place which I absolutely love I'm gonna make no bones about it this place is one of my favorite places to visit in the whole of the UK and that is Pembrokeshire
1: okay okay
2: Pembrokeshire Coast National Park is the only coastal national park in Britain, which in some way, of course, makes it a little bit special. And there are loads and loads of walking routes that you can take, uh, including Pembrokeshire Coast National Trail, which is 186 miles of beautiful terrain. It's absolutely incredible. We walked on it and yeah, just incredible breathtaking views wherever you go. I always like taking a bit of history when you go away. And I feel like if a place doesn't really have much history going for it, then it's losing a string to its bow in this discussion in terms of the way that I've ranked these places. So Pembrokeshire Castle, hidden passageways, towers, so much to go and explore. And it makes a nice day out as well. Henry Seventh was born there, the father of Henry VIII. Uh, another thing that it's got going for it is wildlife. So you can see puffins, Atlantic grey seals up close and quite attainable as well because it's quite quite close to the south of England very easily accessible. And then the final one that I'm going to put forward is the Green Bridge of Wales. Uh, If you're struggling to imagine what it looks like, just think of Durdle Door and you'll be on the right kind of lines. It's uh, very similar to that, but Pembrokeshire's answer to it. And then just from my own personal experience of going to there, it was so, so peaceful. If that's what you're looking for, for your 2021 summer holiday in the UK, I would definitely recommend Pembrokeshire.
1: You've made a very strong argument for that. I'm expecting you to go in higher now in the tier list.
2: Yeah, so because we've got bucket list worthy as the top one, there are simply better places, I believe. But it was a place that I would highly recommend. So that's where I want to put it.
1: Okay, I'm not going to have too many arguments to that at this point. Mm. But based on your description, it does sound pretty good. You know what the best thing about doing this tier list is, mate, is that I'm really now thinking, (laughs) oh, where do I want to go? I want to go to all these places in the UK. Completely. Um, Okay, so... Let's say Pembrokeshire is going to make the highly recommended for now. We'll see if it stays there because that is another question. Okay, so on to the next one. We're going to stick with Wales because the next one is Snowdonia. I
2: love this place.
1: We've both visited this place multiple times. So uh, it's going to rank highly, I feel. But let's Mm. get into some justifications because snowdonia is it's just the most breathtaking mountain range Mm. it has wales tallest mountain of course with snowdon which is in my experience probably the most accessible tallest mountain of a country i've ever been to agree because there's there's multiple routes up there you can take a more strenuous route which is a little bit more scrambly a little Mm. bit more kind of vertical at points um, and the other is really relaxed and and quite windy and if you want to get the view, this is another really rare thing, actually, about Snowdonia. If you want the, to get the view from the tallest mountain in Wales without doing the climb, there's a train that takes you up and down.
2: That is very true, to be fair. That is a very good argument. I like that a lot.
1: Which is, you know, giving you that amazing view and the feeling of feeling like you're on top of the world without mm. really having to do the hike for it. For me personally, I would like doing the hike, yeah. but there uh, will be a lot of people that that don't. Um, so that's comp- that's a really good addition. Snowdonia has a lot of what the Scottish Highlands has in terms of walking mountains, mm. lakes, etc. But just on like a little bit of a lower scale. Mm. But the thing it does have in its favour massively, it's only four hours away from London by car.
2: Yeah, it's it's very very reachable. I, I like it as a as a destination, which is completely different to anything in the south of England. But yeah, like you say, you don't actually have to go that far to get to it. I like that argument a lot.
1: The other thing to consider is that because of where it is, it's actually pretty reasonable cost-wise. It's not massively expensive to travel there. um, And there's loads on offer. Like, For example, even looking outside of the mountains, places like Bala is an amazing spot for water sports. I've done Mm. uh, canyoning there. I've done white water rafting there before. And they opened a thing a few years ago called Surf Snowdonia. I don't know if you've heard about this. I haven't, no. It's basically the world's first inland surf lagoon. So it's completely controlled waves within like this, you know, almost like man built lake. Wow. Uh, so it's great for learning. And the best part about it is, is literally down the road from places like Mount Snowdon. So you can go and do a, like a day of hiking and the next day you can go do a day of water sports within, yeah, you know, great. a half an hour drive. So it does have a lot going for it in that place. And one thing I did as well in um, Snowdonia, which, in near Barla, which was really, really fun, is the fastest and longest zip line. I was gonna bring
2: this up. We didn't do it. We we had it on our list of things to potentially do, but it didn't quite in it didn't quite fit in with the weekend plans that we had.
1: Bearing all of that in mind, I've spoken very highly about Snowdonia here. Um, mm. And you have to. It, the main factor that has to be considered is just how easy it is to get to. It's mm. literally four-hour drive away from London. I'm pretty sure if you're coming from that direction from the southeast, it's just one road, yep. basically past Bristol, and mm. then you're you're in Wales, and then you're yeah you're there. Um, so because of that, I want to put it in highly recommended.
2: Do you? Okay, I I want to put it all the way up in bucket list worthy. Ooh, okay. And for me, if you've not been to Snowdonia, I would urge you to go there it's right on our doorstep and an amazing place that you can visit very very easily so i i would have to categorize it as bucket list worthy
1: i have to agree with you there because i've been like four or five times Mm. but maybe that's why i didn't put it in bucket list because i i and i've done it
2: exactly but i would say to you if you were talking to someone who hadn't been how passionately would you be putting across the point that they
1: had to go yeah you know distance the price what you can do for the price Mm. It'd be up there. You know what? I'm, you know, you've, you've, you've won me over. <laughs> nice. I'm putting it in. Snowdonia, welcome to Bucket list Worthy. I mean, will it stay there? We don't know. We've still got a few more to get through.
2: Okay, mate. So this one is a big one. The capital of okay. England, London. Mm. Obviously, a city, it's where you live, Saunders. So it's why I've taken it. Because to you it's home, but to me, it's a travel destination and a place I do absolutely love visiting and making the most of. Because like you mentioned with Snowden, it's only an hour away from me on the train. So it's a place I can get to very easily and it's always, always fun to go to. So I'll I'll kickstart us off and It's why everyone visits London, the ridiculous amount of attractions that are on offer. So you've got London Eye, British Museum, National History Museum. For theatres, London is almost unrivaled. I'd put it alongside Broadway in terms of New York. But you can virtually see any play or any show that you want to on any day, and it will be in London. And you get incredible views. It's not just in terms of nature that you can get views. When you get a high viewpoint and you look across the city, especially at night with all the lights lit up, it's an incredible uh, sight to see. But I'm going to put forward some downsides to you now, and it might give you an idea as to where I'm edging Mm. towards putting this in the category. London is, of course, very, very expensive. And I imagine if you had this as a week-long summer holiday, you'd rack up a lot of money and it would be an expensive, expensive trip. It's not the kind of place that I would be looking to go this summer. I mean, visit it by all means. It's an incredible place and somewhere that I absolutely love to go to, but maybe over a weekend rather than an extended period over the summer. So I want to put it in take it or leave it. And I'm aware how controversial that is.
1: I mean, you say it's controversial, but maybe this is because I live here, Mm. but everything's been going on in the last year, whatever, all I've wanted to do is get out of London. Mm. But you make strong arguments because, you know, it's really easy to get to from wherever you are in the country. There's so much to offer, but I wonder as a 2021 kind of summer destination, Mm. is it a good place to be? Mm. Is it going to be over like crazy packed? Is it going to be hard to get a table anywhere? Mm. Are All the tickets going to be sold out, you know? And I wonder also after the year that we've had, is that sort of expense of of staying in a city, like the most expensive city in the country, what people want to do. Mm. I know if I lived outside of London, I probably wouldn't want to do that. So I'm not only going to agree with your take it or leave it, I'm going to put it in wouldn't recommend. Wow.
2: Okay. I completely get your logic and it's kind of an extension of what I've done. So I, I would be on board with moving it down to wouldn't recommend.
1: I also think it helps to get one in there because otherwise we're going to have some really difficult decisions to make later on.
2: Yeah, that's very true. That is very true.
1: Okay, so next one is Lake District in Cumbria. Mm. Now, obviously, it's well known for mountains, fantastic trails, lots of hiking. The highest mountain in England, which is, of course, Scarful Park, 978 metres tall, Mm like Snowdonia, it's it's an accomplishment, isn't it, to climb oh, it. it? It's, it's a, a great It's feeling. a good experience to have. The Lake District is is more about, in massive country to London, it's all about scenery, it's all about tranquility, but at the same time, it's definitely not short of activities mm. because as well as the mountains, you've also got places like the massive Lake Windermere. You can do boat trips on it, day cruises, and obviously all the hiking and walking around it. But the one thing I would say the Lake District has against it, or one of a few things, is that depending on where you're coming from, it is pretty far north in the country. So if mm. you're coming from the south, mm. it is a it's a big trek to get there. But it's worth it because this is an interesting fact. It's obviously hugely popular because 15.8 million visitors wow. go there a year. Wow. Every year. So clearly, that's very highly regarded. But at the same time, could you then spin that and say it's likely to be busier in the peak months mm. and potentially more expensive because it is so popular mm. than the likes of Wales or Scotland that offer a kind of similar landscape, lakes and mountains, mm. but at a much reduced cost? Mm. It's an interesting one because, you know, if you say, give me five places to go in the UK, yeah. I imagine everybody would at some point say the Lake Districts. Yeah. But in this list, 2021, thinking I want to go somewhere that's not really busy. I want mm. to go somewhere that might be a little bit more, you know, interesting or whatever. I'm still going to put it in worth considering, though, just because it is the it is a gem of the UK.
2: Mm. So I want to bump it up one category. Ooh, okay. I, I want to put it in highly recommend. A lot of the places we've spoken about so far tend to be in the south of England and, of course, Wales, um, south of the UK. I think with the Lake District being where it is. It is accessible to pretty much anyone who lives in the UK to an extent. It's quite central in the UK. So if you imagine the people are coming from the north and maybe places like Durham, Manchester, Leeds, it is accessible from London. It's quite a drive, don't get me wrong. Maybe six hours, if I'm right off the top of my head. But it is accessible to everyone in the UK. So it's kind of a potential. And then maybe that's why it's so popular as well, because Everyone in the UK can kind of come towards and merge into this one amazing zone in the centre of the country. That's a good
1: point, because if it wasn't easily accessible, it wouldn't have that many visitors a year, Mm. would it? But do I want to buckle to your decision? Mm. I I think it's
2: expensive. (laughs) I think your argument on expense and thinking of it in terms of where people should recommend and book for 2021, taking in everything that's gone in in the last year or so. Uh, i i would I would be willing to bow down to worth considering, but I do feel quite strongly that I could highly recommend it
1: well, you know, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but we've each got one veto we didn't mention Do you that. want to use we didn't it on bring this? It up
2: let's see let's see where we end up and I'll see where I want to use my veto, but let's put it into your category for now into worth considering okay, so the next place that we're going to put forward is the Cotswolds. Somewhere which I absolutely love. I've been there numerous times and can fully recommend it. And I'll start off with the first reason why. I would say it's probably the most picturesque village in the entire of the UK. When people Mm -hmm. from abroad like the United States imagine what the UK looks like, I think they think we live in places like the Cotswolds. Yeah, that's fair. It's a far cry from what the reality is, but if only because it's such an incredible place. In terms of this conversation, I feel like it's almost a cheat code, the Cotswolds, because (laughs) it allows me to put forward places like Bath, places like Bristol, incredible cities, because they are so visitable from the Cotswolds. They're like an hour away. Did you know that Bath is the only city in the UK to be classified on a whole as a UNESCO World Heritage Site? I didn't know that. The entire city is protected as a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which kind of sums it up. It's very
1: Roman, isn't it?
2: It is. It is. It literally feels like you've gone back in time when you go to Bath. Although a lot of people will have been uh, stuck in big cities like London, I imagine some people will have been stuck in more rural destinations and might be pining after cities. So I feel like the Cotswolds, when you bring in Bath, Bristol and include it as one kind of mega road trip holiday, which I've looked at this summer, so... It's a uh, real prospect, which some people will be considering. I think the Cotswolds is a very, very strong argument for a summer holiday this year.
1: I have to agree with you because whenever I think about a little weekend away... I almost always think of Cotswolds first just because of how mm. easy it is to get to. What you can get from such a short travel time is is pretty good. Mm. Uh, and like you said, there's lots of different avenues. You can go to history in Bath, you've got a city in Bristol, but if you want to just stay in like a farmhouse, yeah. you can do that. If you want to stay mm. in like a quirky shepherd's hut or an yep. old converted train or something like that, yeah, Cotswolds is filled with that stuff. And I, I think just because it is really easy to do is like a one night, two night thing as well. It doesn't mm. have to be like a week long holiday.
2: I want to put it, in highly recommend and i don't know how you feel about that
1: highly recommend i mean you want to put it level with something like as it stands as pembrokeshire (sighs) i don't think it deserves to Mm. be there i don't mean that in a horrible Mm. way because the Cotswolds is a great place and like i said it's like a default getaway for me Mm. but in terms of all the different things you can do natural beauty that's you know if you're comparing it with the likes of you know pembrokeshire or even snowdonia or even looking in the category below
2: okay let's let's for now put it in worth considering you, you've won me over to be fair because it i can't put it parallel with pembrokeshire so if i can't do that then it has to go in the one below
1: okay next up we're traveling to the south coast to dorset mm, very nice place so dorset we're going to focus on the coastline because there's 95 miles of it glorious <sighs> coastline wow um and in terms of history geological natural history with things like the jurassic coast there's 185 million years of earth's history on display in Dorset, the coastline, the cliffs, the beaches, they're some of the best in the UK by far. And a lot of the old fashioned harbors have remained very loyal to their roots. So mm. similar to like you we were saying with Cornwall, there's a lot of good fishing towns, a lot of port mm. towns, which give you that real like coastal vibe. And as far as the coastal beauty goes, so it's hard to deny this, that they're, they're some of the best in the UK. Lulworth yeah. Cove, Durdle Door, Canber Sands. Mm. Dirtledore, Door, we mentioned it earlier ago. If you don't know what that is, it's a huge natural stone arch in, in the sea, just off the coast. Mm. And those places are very, very common to visit because of how interesting they are to see and how, how kind of cool they are. Connection-wise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love the transport guy. I'm yeah, no, this I like, this is good, but here's how you get there. Connection-wise, <laughs> many of the main hubs... For the coastal towns and for the sites and things like that, come out of the train line from Waterloo in London. Mm. And then on that same train line, it stops along the way at places like Poole, Bournemouth, Weymouth, Dorchester. You sound like a train announcer. The next train is stopping at <laughs> yeah. Poole, Poole, Bournemouth, Weymouth,
2: Dorchester. You literally sound like that.
1: The reason why I mentioned it in that is because, like if you're thinking about a day trip, the one train line can mm. connect multiple things to go to. That's true. For that reason, for the history, for the pristine beaches, for Door, I want to put it in worth considering.
2: Okay, that's exactly where I want to put it. Okay. But before we do that, I've got an amazing fact for you. So Dorset has the highest life expectancy in Britain.
1: I've heard this before. It's way above average, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so men live to 82.9, to be precise. Women live to 86.6. So that is four years more than the national average. So if that isn't the biggest endorsement for the fact that Dorset is... A calm and tranquil way of life that leads you to live a relaxed, calm, and long, peaceful existence on
1: the planet. Then I don't know what is. And in terms of 2021 summer destinations, <laughs> after the year we've had, I think everyone's a few years of their life back. So <laughs> let's get to true. Dorset. <laughs>
2: That's a great way of putting it. All right, mate. Next up is another city. So judging on where we've put London, I can imagine that this is going to. Almost go in a similar kind of zone with Manchester and speak about some of the positives about Manchester because a lot of people haven't visited it or haven't given it enough time. It's somewhere which I've been a few times and I've loved every single time that I've been there. Brilliant nightlife, amazing restaurants. It's a short drive from the Lake District, which we mentioned earlier. So Mm. you could potentially incorporate it in a holiday that you did to the Lake District. You've actually got nice, easy transport to places like the Yorkshire Dales as well, which isn't going to be appearing in the 15 that we've chosen, but an amazing place, which I'm sure many people would love to visit this summer. Music tours, of course. Manchester is such a synonymous place with music. Oasis, uh, Stone Roses, both come from Manchester. So there's some music tours and history that you can take in in that respect. But like London, it's not somewhere which I'm going to be looking to book a summer holiday this summer. So I'm going to put it all the way down in wouldn't recommend.
1: Whoa, controversial. Mm. See, I, I I am gonna have to counter that. Oh wow! Okay, go on. Because I do like Manchester as a city because it doesn't have the same like intensity that London has. Mm, okay. It's a, it's a little bit more slower pace there, and it's way cheaper than London. Yeah, that's so you very get a lot true. of the benefits of a city. But one, the, the actual main reason why I think it deserves to be at least one category higher in mm. Take It or Leave It is because of it can be a hub to loads of other places, mm. and it can kind of like takes my argument against the Lake District out of the question. Because if you set a hub in Manchester, you're opening up yourself to day trips all over the place. Even, Mm. yeah, I'd have to say, I don't know if it deserves to be in wouldn't recommend. I think it needs to go and take it or leave it just because, you know, not everyone wants to go to a city for the summer holidays. But because of where it is and its access to other places that are rural, kind of get the best of both worlds. So would you take take it or leave it? I,
2: I feel like if we're putting London all the way down in wouldn't recommend then it only makes sense to put Manchester down there with it.
1: Okay, okay.
2: And if you feel that passionately about it, then you can veto it up into a higher category, maybe.
1: I think Keep it in wouldn't recommend for now, and we'll see where we get to at the end. Mm. Because we might feel like actually, you know, that against this place, with this should probably swap around. We'll see what happens yep. if we get there. Okay, Alex, cue the bagpipes because this is the one we've all been waiting for. It's the Western Highlands in Scotland. Oh, I love it. Literally listen to any episode of Travel Talks in the past few months <laughs> and you'll hear many glowing reviews of Scotland. Lots of mentions of the mountain regions in the Western mm. Highlands, places like Garelock, Glencoe, Torridon. Mm. The fact that there is just locks for days. Coastal towns like Oban, the Isle of Skye. It's just a great place to be. Great hiking, picturesque, wild swimming, wild camping. Mm. And I guess in terms of accessibility, a lot of the places to go or only a few hours short of Glasgow. Mm. If you've been there, you'll know. If you haven't been there, you need to experience it. I honestly can't rate this area of the UK highly enough. And for that reason, this is going straight into the bucket list.
2: Yeah. So I'm not even going to disagree with you because it's on my bucket list. It's like you said, it's a place which I've not been to. But in terms of UK destinations, which top my bucket list, this is right at the very top, and for numerous reasons, uh, Craig and Amy spoke about the NC five hundred, their trip there this uh, in the last year. That's something I really want to do. An incredible drive of unforgettable roads and also the hogwarts train the jacobite express i don't know if you've seen it Saunders, but you can literally see the train go along the same arch bridge that you've seen in hogwarts yeah and for me as a Iconic. bit of a harry potter nerd i'm willing to admit that to the audience i ha- i would have to see that that sits right really near the very top for me you can actually see the northern lights which people mm-hmm. think that you have to go to scandinavia to see And of course, you may have a better chance of seeing them from Scandinavia. But if you go to a place like Ullapool or Cairngorms, you can see the Northern Lights on a clear day. And if you're in Cairngorms, you've got a wealth of amazing wildlife. So you've got the classic highland cow, which you will have seen photographs of. We put one out on our Instagram a little while ago. The Scottish wildcat, which looks like a tabby. The golden eagle, the humpback whale, puffins, deers. There's not a place which has so much... To offer as the Western Highlands of Scotland. So it's just without a doubt for me gonna be running bucket list.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, for us, it belongs there. But I guess we need to play devil's advocate and be impartial to a sense mm. and talk about some of the things that might not interest people.
2: Yeah, um, you're right.
1: It is very rural. If you want a city break or you want to stay in any form of luxury, you will be spending a lot of money to get the level of luxury you're used to in a city. But if you're mm. happy to kind of, I'm not saying slum it, but if you're happy to kind of stay in somewhere comfortable. You'll find some great deals uh, in some amazing places where you'll open your curtains and you'll look at o- you'll look to a mountain or you'll look over a lake. Mm. The places of real luxury are more niche, so they're more expensive. Mm. That makes sense. And if you don't like midges as well, then mm. don't go to Scotland in the summer because as soon as the sun starts to go down, there's just like it's like gnats, not mosquitoes, but you know. Mm. They're everywhere and uh, it can be quite annoying in the evenings. But for me, it's well worth putting up with that for everything you get in the daytime.
2: It's just right at the very top of the bucket list for me. And I imagine that people listening to this will probably agree with us as well. So to keep the theme of Scotland going, because perhaps we haven't spoken about it enough on the podcast, (laughs) let's talk (laughs) about the capital of Scotland, an incredible city, Edinburgh. So history, that's the first thing that leaps off the page for me when I think about Edinburgh. Some incredible history, dates all the way back to Roman times. So many tours that you can take to kind of learn about the history. Architecture, it's around us everywhere. You look, incredible architecture. The castle, for example, the first thing that leaps off the page to you, an incredible castle right in the heart of the city as well, which is quite unusual. And... I think what I love most about Edinburgh everywhere you look you can see the inspiration that J.K. Rowling has had for when writing Harry Potter because for people who don't know she wrote a lot of it whilst in Edinburgh there's a Mate, cafe we get
1: it you like Harry Potter <laughs>
2: <laughs> but everywhere you look there's little nods to Diagon Alley cobbled alleys, passageways, and you can kind of see where the inspirations come from uh, her writing it in Edinburgh. And then on top of that, you've got directly in the heart of the city, you can hike all the way up to Arthur's Seat, which gives you a nice, high, incredible view over the whole of Edinburgh, which on a clear day is an amazing view and something which you really should do. I know it doesn't fit the premise of being a place which perhaps you'd go to escape in the 2021 summer holiday list. But for me, I want to put Edinburgh right up in highly recommend.
1: I'm not going to have too much to say against that, to be honest, because uh, it is a place that, I've never actually been to, but I've always been Mm. interested in going. Mm. Um, And I think it isn't, it's similar to Manchester, but perhaps even more so. It doesn't have the intensity of a city like London, Mm. but again, has the amenities and everything you'd need on display and let's not forget i don't know about this year but in general you've got the fringe festival so you've got comedy and theater oh, amazing bucket loads of it it's one of the highlights of the calendar worldwide for those two mm. industries theater and, and comedy i'm more than happy to agree with you there and put it into highly recommended um as a place to go again easily accessible to other places in scotland as well you could take day trips into the more rural areas if you wanted to mm. if you want to stay in the city fine 2021 summer destinations as they go that is a good shout, mate.
2: So just a little bit of context as well to kind of set the scenes. We've got three left to get through and we've got four places in worth considering. So we can't put any more in there. That category is full up. So whatever we come across next has to go above or below that. So I'm looking forward to seeing where we put these last three. So what what have you got next, mate?
1: Oh, this is going to be so tight in the end, isn't it? Um, okay, <laughs> next is Northern Ireland. We're looking at Belfast. Mm. Because as a city, it's well. My experience there is it's a really culturally vibrant place to visit. I have great memories of the nightlife. I don't know if you've heard of mm. a Have you heard of a before? I've not. No. It's basically like a big uh, song and dance, but in the bars, you know, okay. people playing guitars, stamping their feet, everyone mm. singing along, mm. and like having a drink, you know. And it isn't like something that you'll go to, you know, like in Berlin or Germany, you'll go to like the. The bar where you have a Stein yes. and people play on the horns, you know, but it's very much a touristy thing. This is like you mm. walk into a corner bar in a random bit of the city and they'll be doing it because it's what they do every Friday night. Amazing. Loads of history in um, Belfast. I don't know if you know this, but it's the place where the Titanic was built and there's great museums around the port that it was built. An equally big plus is that it is just a short drive away from the UNESCO World Heritage Site of the Giant's Causeway. Mm which is an amazing natural rock formation that goes out to sea. Do you know the legend behind the Giant's Causeway?
2: I've heard a little bit about it. Not so much the legend, more like the facts, the science
1: behind it. Like, So go on, tell me the legend. So the legend is that two giants, one from Ireland, the other one from Scotland, uh, the Scottish giant challenged the Irish giant to a fight. And the Irish, mm. gi- the Irish giant built the Giant Causeway out of these huge rocks. Obviously the idea of carrying these big rocks as a giant mm. and placing them in the water to build a bridge to the middle of the what is it it's got the north sea isn't it i think of that, that area mm. to have this fight so it's quite obviously complete nonsense <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea of this being the two big giants building a bridge to fight each other yeah it's a, it's a nice idea it honestly is really worth visiting because it is a little mm. bit of a it's quite difficult to behold because you see it and you're like i don't understand how are these mm. rocks so are almost symmetrical with each other how do they fit so nicely together like yeah. what sort of geological you know madness happened to make this Exists it, and you kind of just think this is amazing.
2: It blows my mind, honestly. The pictures I've seen of it 40,000 stone pillars. For people who've not seen it, search on your phone when you can, have a look at the pictures. It's literally incredible and 50 to 60 million years old. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, Saunders. I think that if the Giant's Causeway was in Peru, it would be at the top of every single person's bucket list. But I feel like because it's closer to home, we disregard it. And we mention this a lot on the podcast, that when something's close to home and a bit more accessible, we kind of put it to the back of the pile and think, we'll get there eventually. We'll do that. We'll come across it. Why not go and do it this summer and tick off a ridiculous bucket list destination, which we're so lucky to have on our doorstep.
1: That is such a good shout. And it's not even just the Giants Causeway. You can go a few miles down the coast and you've got the, I apologize for dreadful pronunciation here, <laughs> but the a Reed Rope Bridge. Mm-hmm which is, uh, I've walked it, it's really cool. It's a, a rope bridge connecting to kind of the, the mainland and the sea stack. And if you're a fan of TV and Game of Thrones in particular, mm. loads of the locations which are the north of Westeros and Winterfell in that area, they're all shot mm. just outside of Belfast. So there's amazing tours you can go on where you go into all the filming locations, including Winterfell, which is actually you know a permanent structure, part of it at least. <laughs> we
2: get it, mate. You like Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I, I did that tour and it was really good. You learn loads of stuff about the filming locations and kind of little stories from the cast and crew. So if you're a Game yeah, of like Thrones that. nerd, like uh, it's, it's worth doing it. Or even just a cinema nerd, just like how they how they make stuff like mm. that in natural locations. For all of those reasons, and especially the reason you mentioned, the fact that if mm. it was anywhere else, it would be a you know seventh wonder, is why it goes into, for me, at least highly recommended.
2: I think it's got to be in bucket list worthy. And because we've got space for it as well, we've got a bit of room up there. I would put it right at the very, very top.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair in terms of, you know, bang for your buck as well. It's not massively expensive mm. to travel there or to stay there. Um, there's lots of interesting cultural things to see. And, you know, there is a lot on the doorstep of Belfast. It's not just about the cities. It's Only short drives away or short buses buses away or coaches, whatever you want to do to loads of different mm. places, um, including some great coastline like we talked about. So, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you. Let's get it on the bucket list worthy.
2: All right, mate, that leads us on to arguably the more jokey aspect of this tier list. We've each taken our own home county and we're going to try our best to sing the praises of where we live. So for people who don't know, I live in Berkshire, the royal county of Berkshire. You've got Windsor Castle, which, of course, attracts lots of visitors. But Windsor in general is an amazing place to visit. So many incredible sites to see, the Long Walk in particular some incredible sights all the way. You can get right to the top and then look back across Windsor. It's something you should definitely do if you do go to Windsor. Not a lot other than that to sing the praises. You know, my next point I've got here is Legoland. So you can tell I'm clutching. I'm going to say you've got some places which are worth visiting. I would say it's worth considering for a summer holiday. And especially because obviously places like Windsor and Ascot, they they do see a lot of tourism from outside of the UK usually because of the whole pandemonium about the royal family and how that brings tourists across. But at the moment, obviously, international travel is quite restricted. So if you did want to visit Windsor at some point, arguably there's no better time to visit it because you don't get the hordes of tourists that usually uh, fill up the city. I want to put it in worth considering, but it's teetering on the edge of wouldn't recommend.
1: I think that's fair. I'm not going to argue too much in favour or against Berkshire, Mm. (laughs) to be honest. Um, But I think you make a good point about places like Windsor. So moving on to the final one, my home county of Essex. Mm. Now, I I feel like uh, Essex doesn't get the credit it deserves for the fact that it is like 60% countryside. Mm. A lot of people think, you know, I say a lot of people, people think of Essex and they often assign it to certain TV shows that in a negative light and then that makes you kind of feel like oh it's, these are the sort of people that live there these are their kind of morals mm. these are kind of what they're uh, into but really, you know there's so much interesting and beautiful places in Essex. You know, quaint seaside towns like Frinton. Obviously, Liam, who we spoke to on the football and feelings, mm. he's like he's from there, so he knows exactly what that's like. And we had a little chat about that on the podcast. Um, great place, Leon Sea, Mersey Island is a really interesting, quirky place off of Colchester. One of the main things I would say what it has going for it is it really, really isn't that far from London, mm. and in terms of like main transport hubs around the country. So a day trip to places in Essex, the interesting coastal towns, a little bit of the countryside, it really takes very minimal effort because of how well Mm. connected it is by trains and roads. Having said all of that, considering the list that we've talked about today and all these places Mm. and what they offer, I just don't think there's any way that you could put Essex in worth considering, bucket list worthy, Mm. even highly recommended. But I'm not going to put it in wouldn't recommend because it's where I grew up. So I'm going to put it in take it or leave it.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. So I'm happy to put it in take it or leave it. And to be honest, on that logic... I think I'm going to concede Berkshire in to take it or leave it as well.
1: So that that massively helps the idea because we had five and worth considering at that point. Mm, okay. Should we go over the list as it stands and see if we're happy with it? Because yep. oh, I don't know. I'm looking at a few of them now and I'm thinking, do they deserve to be in there? Should they go up? Should they go down?
2: So let's kick it off, mate. The ones that we would not recommend, we have got London and Manchester. Are we happy with that? Would you say? It
1: seems so harsh to say it for two great <laughs> cities. Mm. But we we are thinking about this in the context of a UK 2021 summer destination. Yeah. And I just don't feel like London is going to be a great place to go. I think it could be quite stressful. It's going to be really expensive where people might be wanting to save money. I I still feel like Manchester could be in in take it or leave it or even worth considering. Even worth considering.
2: But for it to be in worth considering, we'd have to move something out and come on.
1: Is Manchester topping Norfolk? It's tough, isn't it? It's not top in Cornwall. It's not top in the Lake District. And I don't think it's top in the Cotswolds. Norfolk, I would recommend more this summer than mm. Manchester. So I would Norfolk agree. Is. I would
2: agree. And in Take It or Leave It, we've got Isle of Wight, Essex, and Berkshire, which I think seems fair enough because, like the name suggests, we're not saying you shouldn't go to these places.
1: Where I do have a problem is highly recommended and worth considering because mm. controversially, I think. Pembrokeshire and Cornwall should be swapped around. Cornwall win highly recommended, Pembrokeshire in worth considering.
2: I can't, mate, I can't have you put Pembrokeshire down into worth considering. I I, I feel too passionately about visiting it recently and having an amazing holiday there. Like I, I can't see it slip down to worth considering because I do highly recommend it. Anyone I speak to about a UK destination this summer, I fully back Pembrokeshire.
1: And as it stands, it is actually five and worth considering. So mm-hmm. rather than the swap and just leaving Pembrokeshire where it and highly recommended, I think you make a good point. You've been there recently. You've got attachment to it. I'll level with you there. Cornwall goes up. Pembrokeshire stays where it is. Do you feel like everything there is relative to each other? I'm
2: looking at Norfolk, Lake District, Cotswolds, Dorset in worth considering. And I'm kind of feeling it's a a strong category, that is.
1: Compared to Norfolk and the Cotswolds, should Lake District be that low down?
2: I would categorise Norfolk, Cotswolds, Dorset alongside each other and say that they belong where they are and worth considering, and that Lake District could go up into Highly Recommend.
1: I agree. And I'm also going to say this could work as a swap situation because I'm looking at Highly Recommended and I'm thinking Edinburgh looks a bit out of place. I would agree with you
2: there. In terms of the way that we have ranked cities so far, I don't think it goes down all the way to take it or leave it because it's got a lot going for it. I'm happy to do that swap and move Edinburgh down to Worth Considering and bump Lake District up to Highly Recommended.
1: I think we've got a list, mate. That to
2: me looks perfect.
1: I think what we should do is we should make this list visual, put it on social media and continue the debate because there will for sure be some (laughs) objections to some of our decisions and we want them. We invite them. We want to know where you would rank these places within this category list.
2: And also, let us know in the comments of that tier list that we put out where you are booking up and if it's one of the places we've selected on the tier list.
1: And if you like this tier list format, let us know because, you know, we could do this for places in Europe, you know, US states, whatever. Mm. It's a format that can be repeated for different things. So if you like it, let us know.
2: So it's about time that we could promote the episode that's coming up and that episode episode 30 is going to be with the wonderful Zach Jalab.
1: Excellent stuff that was a good chat I enjoyed that one I'm I'm looking forward to people hearing that because you know we don't often talk to people that have lived in different cultures you Mm. know UK culture and for in in Zach's case living in Algeria.
2: Yeah the, the standout quote when I was editing that episode was my mates are going into secondary school and I'm going to Africa
1: And for anyone that's new to the podcast, a great opportunity to go and check out some of our previous episodes. Uh, Examples being Kinging It, Chris Ramsey, Pete Donaldson, Mm. multiple different Race Across the World contestants, if you're fans of that show, Uh, some sports stars, presenters, boxing world champions. Get listening because there's there's a wealth of great content to listen to.
2: And before we go, we've got one more thing to ask of you. If you haven't already... If you could hit subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. And if you go to Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review for Travel Talks as well. Hit five star. Be nice. Give us a five star review. And if you've got a bit of spare time, write a few words as well. Say why you like the podcast. Gives us a boost. Gives us a lift and keeps us making these podcasts for you.
1: And of course, we will be back with another episode next Monday.